into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Fritschner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest college basketball show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. This has been a fun week of coverage leading up to Saturday's Crosstown Shootout at 3 o'clock on ESPN2. Special thanks to all the new subscribers to the show and everyone who's shared it around this week. I know today's episode is a little longer than normal, so I time-stamped the interviews. You can check out the description for that. First is a conversation with Alex Meacham, who played for Cincinnati for two seasons back in the late 90s under Bob Huggins. Alex is the current president of the Shining Star AAU program, and he's one of the hosts of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Second, I talked with Brad Redford, who was a freshman when Sean Miller coached in his last shootout before leaving for Arizona, and a redshirt junior for the brawl. These were both great interviews, so I'm excited for you all to hear what it's like playing in this game from a player's perspective. Now, you've heard me talk a lot about Dayton's game last night against Virginia Tech, and it did not go well at all for the Flyers. They were out of it from the beginning, trailing 42-21 to at the half and going on to lose 77-49. to Deron Holmes scored 13, and no other Dayton player scored in double figures. After all of the preseason expectations and a top 25 ranking to start the year, this loss pretty much solidifies the fact that Dayton will have to win the A-10 tournament to hear their name on Selection Sunday. Dayton only plays two more games against teams ranked above 106 on Ken Palm the rest of the year, and both of those games are against St. Louis. The only other area game last night was Northern Kentucky, who lost by 21 at Washington State, 68-47. Trayvon Faulkner had 11, and Marquez Warwick had 10 for the Norse. Similar to Dayton, NKU only plays one more team ranked higher than Washington State the rest of the season, and that's 48th-ranked Florida Atlantic, who's having a nice year. That's on December 21st. Now let's get to the interviews. First, it's Cincinnati's Alex Meacham, and following Alex is Xavier's Brad Redford. Alex, thanks so much for joining me today on the Rebound Rundown. Let's take a step back in time to when you were a part of the Cincinnati Bearcats program. I have a couple of former players today, you and then Brad Redford as well, of course. And Alex, I want to hear your thoughts. You played on the Bob Huggins teams back in the late 90s and what it was like to play in this game, in the Crosstown shootout, what it was like for you as a player, what this means for the city, but from your perspective, having participated in it. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Always an honor to be asked to, to come on. And um, you do a great job. I've checked out some of your content, so congratulations on all that you're doing. Um, so... Uh, Going back in the day, um, you know, the Crosstown shoot, I think, was a little different back in the day in that uh, the intensity was even more than it is. Not from a standpoint of the game, obviously, the fans get into it. But um, we as players, I mean, there was a lot of tension back then. And obviously, there was the buildup to the fight that happened that Brad Redford was part of. Um, but there was quite a bit of tension back then. So it was intense. And to say that, it was just another game on the schedule was insane. I mean, it was one of the most important games for both teams, regardless of your record. And my first year playing in the shootout, I think Xavier was ranked seventh in the country. Um, and we were playing in the old gardens back then, which was one of the toughest places to play. I mean, the Centos Center, from what I hear um, from opposing you know teams and players, 
the Centile Center is incredibly tough to play in. But I tell people, nothing like the Gardens, man. The Gardens was really, really tough. And the preparation leading into that game, Paul, was so intense. I mean, Hugs was locked in. He had us locked in. And we knew, we knew how much this game meant to the city. You wanted to be the best team in the city. And a lot of us played in at the time, which was called the Devereaux Summer League, which now the Smith League is a very popular league right now. But it used to be called the Devereaux Summer League. And we all used to play against each other. And it would get intense in those games as well. So I would say, you know, the Crosstown shootout week was just insane between the media. And you got to remember back then, like, the Reds and the Bengals were just so up and down and bad at times. Um, and not, to, not that the Reds are doing that great now, but um, – and the Bengals obviously doing very well. But back then it was, you know, you seen Xavier were the show, oh, man. And uh, it was intense. Hugs was, Hugs was a different animal <laughs> that week. And he had us laser focused. And the preparation leading into it was, uh, you know, very much like an NCAA tournament um, game. You hear sometimes where you say to the media, well, it's just another game. It's another game on a schedule. We have to win this game, and then we'll move on to whoever we play next. But you know, the players know, you spent the last couple of minutes talking about it, how much this means to you. So what was it like for playing under Bob Huggins? You talked about that preparation, but what was his last message to you before you take the court? And I'm not maybe asking for anything specifically. I don't want to put you in a bad spot, but... When he yeah. talks, you know, th this past couple uh, weeks or so leading into that Xavier game where, you know, you can tell that the memories are still kind of festering there about when he had to deal with Xavier and, and playing against those Musketeer teams. What was the shootout to Bob Huggins? To Bob Huggins, I mean, it was it was the game. Uh, he wanted to be number one in the city, plain and simple. Um, Huggs used to have this saying, this motto that would – you know, it would be plastered all over the locker room. We eventually had this wooden, like, thing carved that said, find a way. And playing together was a big thing with Hug. So what Coach Huggins used to do, and everyone always asked me, like, what were practices like? Well, we would fight internally. Do like a logical standpoint is we would fight internally, but it would make us so strong that, we won't let anyone else fight our brothers. You could not mess with our team. We could fight amongst ourselves, but no one else could penetrate and fight, you know, one of our teammates. So um, he, he created that together. And I'll give you a quick story if I can, going sure. to the shootout. Like, I don't think I, I don't know that I've ever, ever told this story. So um, a couple games prior to the shootout, my first year, so that was 97-98, uh, uh, Xavier was number seven in the country, like I said. Uh, Darnell Williams, James Posey, Lenny Brown. I mean, Xavier legends on that team. Uh, Plant the Old Gardens. And a couple games prior, I was at a store, and I found these long black socks. They were soccer socks. And no one in, like, college basketball had ever worn long black socks. Like, you always see people with, you know, really long white tube socks, right? And I showed my roommate, and I'm like, man, I think I'm going to wear these. You know, I don't get in a lot, but I thought, I, said, I think this would be cool. So I wore them two games prior. And then, like, Kenyon, Dewan Baker, some other guys on my team were like, where'd you get those? And I'm like, well, they're soccer socks. I, I Actually, they were a pack of three. You want them. So I gave one to Kenyon and one to Dewan. Well, 
So now we're getting ready for the shootout. And it just became a team thing where let's all wear long black socks. Well, <laughs> Melvin Levitt didn't get a chance to get the like real athletic tube socks. True story. If you go back and look at the pictures, we're all wearing long black tube socks. Melvin Levitt had to wear <laughs> church dress socks. He's, he's wearing like these church dress socks. <laughs> but my, my point of that story is that's the togetherness. We did it as a team. And that's something that Hugs preached. And he always said, find a way and find a way together. Um, and I always remember that about those shootouts. Now, we lost that first year. We got beat pretty good. I think we got beat by maybe 20. The next year, we ended up, ended up uh, beating them. So just a lot of great memories of being together as a group. Yeah, it was 88 to 68 your first year. And then the second year, it was 87 to 77. 87, 77. Yep, yep, Cincinnati win. So... I feel like, uh, yeah, you you probably remember that's one you that's a score you'll probably take with you forever, right? Absolutely, I will always <laughs> remember that. Definitely. So, so let's get your your thoughts on this year's game here before I let you go. Uh, Xavier probably on paper has a team this year that a lot of people would expect to win this game, but but UC has shot the ball well enough this year. At times, you look at what they did in the Arizona game. We've talked extensively about that this week. I don't need to rehash it. That. If UC can shoot the ball well on Saturday and handle themselves down around the basket, that puts UC on their home court in a good position to win this game. What have you seen out of the Bearcats, and what do you think they need to do on Saturday? Yeah, I would agree with that. So I think it comes down to the big three. So you got the Julius, you got Landers Nolly, and then you've got Big Vic. And when those three are cooking, we are very, very tough to guard offensively. Um, we've had our ups and downs where guys have struggled at different points, but when all three are cooking, it, it, it's a it's a tough Bearcat team to beat, and that's my hope. And I think too, like you know, playing at Fifth Third Arena, the fans are going to show up. It's going to be loud in there. And this is the first time I think all that we've had a crowd in Fifth Third Arena for the shootout. Um, especially for some of these guys that are playing now. I don't think not, Julius has ever played in front of a crowd for the at yeah, Fifth Third Arena. There's not one player on either team that has played in front of a full crowd for the shootout at Fifth Third. Yes. So I, I you know better than I do. I figured that was the case. So I think the crowd's going to be into it. Um, John Cunningham, our athletic director, is probably going to introduce to the crowd um, our new football coach, uh, Scott Satterfield. So there's going to be energy behind that. And I think that Julius is going to be one of those guys that comes out and he he's going to be locked in. I, I think he really wants this game. And a guy to watch out for, uh, Landers Nolly, when he's when he's hot, he's hot, man. He could really, really heat it up. But I, I think you're right. On paper, you know, I was at the Xavier-West Virginia game. On paper, uh, Xavier's tough. I mean, like, Nunzi does so many good things inside out, like, you know, you always hear people say Kobe Jones is the best player. But in my opinion, like, Nunji's the most important player for you guys. And I think he played really well last year, if I remember, in the shootout. And um, I think he's got to be a focus for the Bearcats. And the Boom Kid, uh, the Boom Kid's tough, man. I mean, he's he's that. So every year somebody pops up and just has a game. I feel like Boom's one of those kids that, like, got to watch him he might pop up and have one of those games so um i think offensively xavier's in a better position they're six and three right now um i think xavier has played some better competition uh where they play iu gators yeah. uh, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Duke. Duke. 
Duke, yeah. right? And they beat the Gators. I watched that game. So, yeah, they they in West Virginia, correct? Um, and I think they've had some better competition. UC's had, uh, uh, let's see, Arizona and Ohio State. Um, but you, you know, I think it's one of those things, Paul, where you just throw everything out the window. And at the end of the day, the toughest team wins. And last year, Xavier was the toughest team. And my hope is that with the home crowd going crazy, that UC is the toughest team. Alex, thanks so much for joining me today. Let's do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. Good to see you. Sure. Take care, okay? And now here's Xavier's Brad Redford. Brad, let's get right into it here. You were a freshman on Sean Miller's last shootout team, a game that Xavier won all the way back in 2008. Now, I had to email Tom Iser for the box score from this game because I couldn't find it anywhere online. Really? I know you only... I know I couldn't find it anywhere. I was going on Ken Palm. I went on to UC's website. I went on to Xavier's website and I got an error message. Every basketball reference. I couldn't find it anywhere, but you know, Iser came through for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he did. Well, if you need anything, Xavier, over the last, gosh, I, I don't want to date Tom in, in any type of way, but you went to the right resource to grab that. <laughs> so it doesn't mean uh, that TI had that available. So, Brad, you only played three minutes in that game. But, again, you were a you, – you, you have that documented? I only played three minutes? You could tell the people I was 25 in that game. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I guess I did kind of throw you on the under the bus there. You uh, you scored what? It says in three minutes you scored 15 points. You got to the foul line. Uh, you got – let's see. You made four threes. Man, that was a pretty efficient three minutes in this game. Paul, you're a smart man. That sounds a lot better than what you're about to say. I do think, in, to be fully truthful, I do think I had a couple points in that game. I think I got in the box score. I think I had to come in and shoot a couple free throws towards the end of the game, if I remember. You did. You picked up a foul, and you were two for two from the free throw line. Finished with there two points. You you're go. in the books, Brad. But what what is more important than, than any of that to this game. And, and the reason I'm talking to you and why I'm so excited to have you on this show today is that, like I said, at the start of this, that was Sean Miller's last time coaching in this shootout. Now he's back at Xavier. Now he's back coaching in the shootout again. Xavier won that game 76 to 66. That was at fifth third arena. Brad, what do you remember from that game and what this game means to Sean Miller, a Xavier Sean Miller team, how he approaches this game and everything else about it? I mean, from, I mean, gosh, that was a, a while back, but I, I think any head coach and any player, when you're going to a program, whether it's high school, college, MBA, grade school, like you want to beat your rival, right? That is, you know, you have all the games in the regular season, postseason, but you know, fans, players, coaches are always going to kind of point back to, did we beat our rival? And in some ways, it's always a little bit of a, a measuring stick game for your team. Um, I do remember pieces of that game. Um, you know, Sean is always, you know, detailed going into a game. You know, we're always prepared going into every game. Uh, I remember him doing a great job kind of leading up to that game. And I felt like it was our older players, too, that also – did a good job of kind of bringing up the younger guys and helping us kind of understand how important that that game was. And CJ Anderson specifically, I felt like, and I've talked about CJ before, but one of my favorite teammates, but he was ready for that game. Um, we played well. And like you said, we ended up winning by 10 at UC and UC had, had a good team that year as well. 
I remember going back into the locker room after that game. And I remember coach Miller and CJ having a big hug with each other and, and just a level of excitement and care. And, and I think, you know, love that those two guys had to kind of pull off that victory in CJ's senior year. Uh, I think that spoke volumes to me and helped me kind of understand as a, as a true freshman, like the importance of that game. Um, but also it helped me understand in, you know, in some ways, you know, how good of a coach coach Miller was just to kind of see that embrace after the game. Um, you know, it, it's a fun game. It's always a great atmosphere, but that being my first time, obviously felt good to get the win on the road. Yeah, Dante Jackson, who's now an assistant coach on Xavier's staff, he scored 15 points in that game. C.J. Anderson had 17. Derek Brown was a leading scorer with 20. Uh, for Xavier, he had 20 points. So you look at that box score and you look at some of those names on that Xavier team and you look at a Sean Miller as a head coach at this, at Xavier at that time, you see some of these coaches that have success in the shootout as coaches that embraced the rivalry and leaned into it. Sean Miller strikes me as that kind of a guy. Am I right? Yeah, I, I think, I think you have to respect your rivalry. Like no matter where you at, I, I think there has to be that level of respect and excitement for the game. But like, ultimately, like when you break it down, like it does come down to the X and O's in the game and, you know, after you get past those first five minutes, like, you know, one team might punch the other team in the face. And like, that's just the reality of kind of being in that game. So like, I do agree that to a point, you know, the coaches played up to a degree, but ultimately it's like, you have to go in that game and you have to do what you do. Like, you don't want to be out of character. Like if you're a player that goes into that game on either side and you're not boxing out, you're not getting, you know, you're not going over a ball screen. You're not taking shots that you're used to taking. Like you're going to be out of the game. Like, so as much as like you want to play up the rivalry and, and be excited about it, like ultimately it's like every coach and every player, like they have to do their job within the game. Um, and in years past, like, yeah, there has been guys that have had, you know, incredible individual performances, but that does happen in every game too. So Sean loves the rivalry. Sean loves competition, you know, but ultimately, you know, not to make it, you know, not as maybe as exciting, but ultimately it comes down to each player and coach focusing on what they do and not making the game bigger than, you know, what everybody else makes it out to be. So you were on that Sean Miller team, but a few years later, you were also on the brawl team. And what do you remember from that game, Brad? Is there anything that sticks out outside of the brawl? But we all know we all know everything that happened with Sean Kilpatrick and, and Yancey Gates and everything leading up to that game. Um, but, but what, what do you remember as a player being involved in that game? I just remember that we kicked their butt. I mean, that's, that's the piece of the game that I remember more than anything else. I mean, to beat a really good UC team and be up by over 20 with a few minutes to go. Um, you know, I think people don't talk about that enough. Like we beat down, a really good UC team. And there was some added motivation, I think, too, because of what Sean Kilpatrick said about two leading up to that game. Um, but ultimately, like, we we backed it up. Um, and the brawl, like, yeah, it was unfortunate that it happened and it, it pops up all the time. But if, like, you really break down that game, that was maybe one of the best Xavier performances in a shootout. Yeah, Xavier won that game going away. It was not close, 76 to 53. So, 
between that game, between being in Sean Miller's last game, just overall, what does this week mean? Now, one thing I will say is it's been a staple of a Xavier program to play a game during the shootout week, to play a bye game, to maybe take some attention off the game, take some pressure off the game. They're not doing that this year. They have a full week. Both teams have a full week in between their games. Uh, UC played on Sunday. Xavier played Saturday. Neither team playing again until the shootout this Saturday at 3 o'clock. Do you feel like that is uh, any extra, I don't want to say motivation necessarily, but is there any extra added juice to it because both teams have had a week? Man, in my mind as a player, I would say no, because at least in my experience of like being in the game under, you know, Coach Mack and Coach Miller, you know, they really, we really don't go through, you know, the individual players on UC's team or actions until a couple of days leading up to the game. So I felt like they always did a really good job of just like focusing on, you know, our team. Cause like the most important part of being a good team is focusing on improving and getting better. So, you know, those first couple of days of practice leading up to the shootout, you have the whole week, you're focusing on where can we get better? Where can we improve? And then, yeah, you turn the page in my mind on like, Thursday, Friday, and then you start going over player personnel, game actions, and you're, you know, really, you know, building up your IQ for the game. So, no, it's not like, at least unless Coach Miller has changed, it's not like he's bringing up player personnel Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He's not going to overkill it. Like, you're going to focus on what Xavier does best in practice. You're going to look back at that film from West Virginia. You're going to do that Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, your focus is going to start shifting over to UC. So two more questions for you here, one retrospective and one looking forward to Saturday. First one I have for you is, what is the number one thing that people from the outside might not know about Sean that you feel like is his best quality as a coach? Man, you might be able to see it from the outside, and you probably see it, Paul. It's just how consistent that Coach Miller is. Like That is one thing like as a former player and someone that has been around him, just I always appreciated is Coach Miller is who Coach Miller is every single day. Um, and I think a, as a player and, you know, as you know, when you're looking at your coach, you want to have that every single day. And that's what Coach Miller provides. So it's something you may be able to see from the outside. And I mean, you, you cover him quite a bit, especially over this last year. It's like he is the same guy every day. Um, and just his commitment to his team and his commitment to his job and try to put us in the best position possible. It's hard not to, you know, get excited to play for a guy like that. I ran into you at the West Virginia game. You've been at a couple of games this year. You've seen this Xavier team play. I'll let you get out of here on this question. What do you think Xavier has to do well in this game on Saturday in a rivalry environment where Xavier hasn't played at UC in four years in front of this crowd, uh, what what do you feel like Xavier has to do to be successful on Saturday to, to win? I mean, I think Xavier just has to be who they've been. I mean, it's hard not to watch the Xavier team to this point of the year and not get excited about what they can do, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I think when you really break this game down and you analyze it and you look at, okay, who does Xavier have in the front court? Who does Xavier have in the back court? You know, I think you would take Xavier starting five probably over, you know, any player from UC starting five, right? I mean, if you really want to break down Colby versus Landers Nolly, or you want to break down. Did uh, you really did, just Sean Kilpatrick yourself? <laughs> I, think, 
But but when you break it down, Paul, it's like player by player, Suli Boom to Julius, Prize Xavier has the nod there. Kobe Jones and Landers Nolly, Kobe's got the nod there. Kunkel and Davenport, Kunkel's got the nod. And then you go down to the front court. I mean, Nunji and Freeman are, that's one of the best, you know, front courts in college basketball right now. So in my mind, it's just Xavier doing what they've been doing. Be great on the offensive end. There's been issues on the defensive side of the ball, but my expectation is that they'll play well on Saturday. So, you know, I don't think Xavier has to do anything crazy. You know, I think they obviously have to, uh, you know, take care of their opponent, you know, understand what actions they need to cover and, and what players to get out on the three-point line and, and all that stuff. But, like, ultimately, I have confidence in Xavier to come in and play well on Saturday. So I lied to you, Brad. I just realized I have one more question for you. Okay. Kiki Tandy and Zach Fremantle both have the opportunity to be the first Xavier players ever to go 4-0 against Cincinnati. Now, they can come back next year. They have that COVID year if they want to use it. But just as a four-year senior stretch of players, they have the chance to go 4-0 for the first time. No Xavier player has ever done that. What would What do you think, as a former player, that would mean to those two guys? I mean, it's a, a big-time accomplishment, right? I mean... You know, whether you go to Xavier or UC, like that rivalry game is always going to be brought up um, and people want to know what your record is. And, um, yeah, just I mean, it's it's big time. Right. You want to beat down your rival. You want to play well and to go four and in that game. If they're able to do that on Saturday, you know, that's something that can, they can uh, you know wear on their chest as a badge of honor. All right, Brad, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, Paul. Appreciate it, man. The only national nugget I have from last night is that number five UConn went down to Gainesville and dismantled Florida 75-54. to Connecticut became the first team to 10 wins and looks at least for right now like a true national title contender. They didn't even get great guard play against the Gators last night, and the Huskies still won by 21. UConn has won every game this year by double digits. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Tomorrow, I'll have Adam Baum from the Cincinnati Enquirer and Justin Williams from The Athletic for one final Crosstown Shootout preview. Enjoy your Thursday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.